retrograde. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for coming to my house where I'm hungover and, and you know, I'm in my bed right now. Glad we could be here with you, Stephanie Simbari. It's great to have you. Thank you so much for bringing me all this love. No problem. I'm just describing my fantasy, you guys. It's just not true. Just kidding. We're I sitting wish. in Hollywood right now <laughs> in an office building looking professional as fuck. As fuck. A psychic friend from the Psychic Friends Network is going to be on the show today. Is that true? No, it's a lie. Oh. But we're lying a lot today. One of our I will friends, say. I know, we're like just LOLs. Um, <laughs> one of our friends who happens to possess some psychic powers, to which he refers to as extra dimensional wellness expert, which I'm having some difficulty working out saying those words come from my mouth, but I still really like it. Extra dimensional wellness expert. Right? It's done. You did it. I'm so excited. Me too. I'm dying to know what that means. Same. I had the the good fortune of working with this person last week. Ooh. Which was amazing. I want to hear all about that. Which is a which is just a general rose in my life. And I think that I'm really excited to just how we can explore self-love and self-care through healing, psychic activity, all of that. I wish Mikey had told me in our healing how to prevent this hangover. Is that part of psychic abilities? One week ahead of time, next Monday, you will want to drink. Let's ask him. We've got Michael Dumb. Damn it. He's our really good friend. <laughs> He's, Hold on. We're super close Dimitrovic. with him. Take two. Dimitrovich. We've got Michael Dimitrovich. She's so white, she show. can't pronounce anything. Her last name's Kot. It's, the, it's, the, it's, it's easy. The most work she's ever had to do is three letters. <laughs> I've got a multi-syllable first name. That's true. Let's honor that. Elizabeth. Yeah, there's a lot hey guys, going on there. That's four syllables, so. Wow. Well. <laughs> Michael Dimitrovich, he is floored by Elizabeth's four-syllable first name, he which is, is really important. An extra... Dimensional. Dimensional wellness expert. How are, how's that for some syllables? Woo! What? That's what? the crowd going crazy. Michael Dimitrovich, welcome to this fucking show. You're a healer, you're a psychic, you're a writer, you're a director, you're a chef, you're a man. Yes. I've been working on the man part. You're doing Same. a great job. <laughs> on the real real, Michael. Yeah. An extra dimensional wellness expert. Yes. Let's talk about that. Let's break that down. That's a lot of syllables for me to digest. You're and doing it great. sounds really cool. It is really cool. I mean, you're doing great. It's Thank no, it's you. A, this is a term I've arrived at because I've I found that, you know, I've been doing readings and doing healings for eight years now professionally. Um, I started reading tarot cards and then uh, I got a job working for an internationally renowned online slash telephone call-in psychic company. Psychic friends? Yeah, close. Uh, I'm not allowed to say. uh, I had a pseudonym, too, so I technically didn't even really exist. What was your pseudonym? I can't tell you. Really? No, I can tell you. Are you Miss Cleo? No. (laughs) (laughs) Sick. This is great. Yeah, no, so I worked for these people for a little while, and... I was doing tarot card readings and I had to pull card after card after card after card after card after card after card and I started getting exhausted. So I uh, I then decided I need to like lose the deck. And uh, and that was a big turn for me when I started doing readings not using a tool. That's like the, the jargon. It's you're a no tools reader, right? So then over time I started building a business and people started coming to see me more in person. And uh, I just kept going further and further away from the cards and more and more and more into my style. Um, my style is really out there. I really love the weirdest esoteric shit that you can possibly talk about, but it's also right here. Um, I think that like you can do as much spiritual study and as many mystical, magical, out there things as you can possibly muster, but at the end of the day, you still have to live your life and deal with your shit like here and now. And I think one of the hardest things is how to apply 
these really super out there things to a, a daily life and to make it better and to enjoy it and like to get everything that everyone wants, right? Happiness, love, family, friends, you know, all this stuff. We give so much importance to these really dense, earthy, practical, quote unquote, realistic things at the expense of all sorts of stuff that you can't see and feel and hear and touch and taste, right? Mm -hmm. So to me, an extra dimensional wellness expert, right, which I can say with a straight face, I'm passionate about helping people to see, understand, and access every part of themselves that they that they don't necessarily have immediate access to. Let's get it on the table right now. What do you say to the people that are calling BS? Everyone can recognize feeling something or feeling something when you walk into a room or knowing that someone's had a bad day. Someone gives you bad vibes, right? I mean, that's the most you know simplified version of it. To me, it's a natural, inherent human capacity that if you ignore it, or if you try to talk shit about it, it doesn't work for you. I'm sorry, just to interrupt to clarify. Yeah. Natural capacity being feeling, feeling and absorbing energy and and information yeah. from each other at all times. And let's not even call it energy or vibes. Like let's be like like I stand next to you. There are all sorts of nonverbal, non-physical things that I'm clocking about you just as a regular human being. So yeah. everyone has this capacity. Inner guidance system. Totally intuition. In, but even that, that's what I'm trying to say. Even that is 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 above and beyond inner guidance system. It, it's actually just a sensitivity to stuff that's not being said or done or seen or touched or felt. And that we don't pay attention to as a culture. And that we don't pay attention to. And so what I'm saying is that the minute you bring your attention to something, it starts to yield fruit for you. Mm. And psychic development, psychic powers are already existing in that weird little vibrational space between you and me when we're sitting next to each other. But if someone tells you or if you understand or if you choose to work on you know, clairvoyance as a psychic gift, you start seeing all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. You know, it starts to open up. But if you call bullshit, it's not going to work for you. Right. You know, so mm. so to me, it's like the power of belief is being talked about by all sorts of different people all over the place. And I'm fascinated. Like, I think sometimes faith healers, crazy Christian faith healers that cause these massively big healings, I think it works. There's a lot of charlatans too, but I think sometimes it works. I think the power of people's Focus, attention, energy, faith can do really wild things that I don't even pretend to understand. So, okay, I had a session with you a week ago, yeah. which was amazing. You gave me so much information, <laughs> and I remembered like four things from it. <laughs> all I remember is keep slapping your face in the third eye mm -hmm. and wake your head up. <laughs> like mm -hmm. That's all I keep doing. And your gut. Oh, right. Oh, I haven't done that one. Yes, girl. Oh, shit. Yeah. Stephanie's See? just punching herself I'm in the stomach. I'm just casual, spiritually awakening myself with self-abuse and love. Is that your belly? Yeah. Down there? Is that it? No, that's it's lower. Fupa. Yeah, that's your fupa. Wait, so it's here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'm just fingering what? myself. Yeah. Let's talk about this exercise because yeah. yeah. I think it's really totally. yeah. beautiful. So explain. Something yeah. specific. So, so what we did when – can I talk about your session? Yeah, yeah. for sure. So what we did when, when Steph and I worked together was what I usually do is I open up and I, I use my spirit guides and your spirit guides to do a reading, okay? Um, spirit guides are, you know, entities, extra-dimensional entities, entities that you can't see or, or um, you know, see with your physical eyes that – you can also just think about as aspects of your personality. So I don't really care whether they're spirit guides or aspects of Steph's personality. If it works, if she feels good in the end, then I feel good, right? So basically, I open up and I start using my training 
to interpret the vibrations that are coming off of Steph, not for me, but for Steph. So I want to reflect to Steph what she's going through in the present moment, because every reading is about the present, not about the past, not about the future. When you tap into the present moment, your sphere of perception or influence or you know, awareness expands to include the past and the future. If you go into the past, you lose the present. If you go into the future, you lose the present. Ooh. You go into the present, you get the past and the future. And it opens. Oh, mine just blew a little. <laughs> All right. Back with you. Go. Okay. So we need like a Venn diagram or something for and that. And so literally, I have uh, I brought my compass with me. Um, and so the compass is a tool that I like to use because when you know where north, south, east, west are, when you know what's below you and when you know what's above you, you know where think, the center of the universe is. I think is. northwest just got back from the Middle East. So. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye joke. <laughs> so no, so but I mean so that's it. So when you actually know where you are, oriented to the compass points, you know where your center is. You mm. are inferring and defining a central space. When you define that central space, you can tap into the present moment and open up into before, after, past, present, future. It doesn't matter. You're there. You're centered. So when we, that's what I do at the beginning of every session. I center myself. I define a sacred space. And then inside that sacred space, all bets are off. All the rules change. Everything's fair game. Everything has meaning. And so then I just try to sit there and interpret what's coming at me. What my guides show me, typically, what, are, what happens in a reading with me is that I will be getting information about how your true self, an inferred, ideal, highest, most perfect, most gorgeous, delicious, calm, right, happy, peaceful, true self is intersecting with the shitstorm of the day, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how is your forever you jibing and colliding with what's happening right now? How is the, 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 the divine self, right, this perfect, pure self that's lifting upwards evermore towards greater refinements of love, how is that being dragged through the muck, right? And the exquisite ways in which that's being dragged through the muck, I see it sometimes in images, sometimes in, in, in sounds. Typically, I get a sense of a pattern of energy that's moving through the body. And based on the training that I've done about the organs and the chakras and, you know, the images and things that I'm seeing, it kind of gels together into a, how the fuck you doing, right? Um, hey, girl. Hey, girl, hey. So when we, when we did the session the other day, we tapped into that. I don't leave the room, but I don't always remember everything that happened in a session until I see the person again like six months later, and then all the information that needs to come back comes back. I don't keep records for people. You know, it, it, what, what we need in the moment always happens in the moment. Okay. So when we were working with Steph, we were getting a lot of stuff. I did it at her house, and I don't normally make house calls unless people you know, want me to, but we went to her place. VIP. I'm a VIP. And so it was, it's interesting. When you go into someone's space, that becomes a part of the reading completely. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of it was about where she's at, where she's going. Is she happy where she is? Does she want to be going somewhere else? And, you know... It, it, it flowed organically from there. There was a little bit of clutter in the house, right? Um, what? What? Not stuff. Energy. Yeah. Like, both. Well, no, both. And by the way, someone told me last night that based on my apartment, they thought I was very type A, so you can both eat a dick. Oh, no. <laughs> no, just kidding. Completely. But the idea of a space not being quite satisfactory yeah. to where you were at. yeah. You really picking up on that, point. totally. When you picked up on that and you were like, you want to get out of the space and he described like what I want in an ideal apartment and I was just like, never told, I've never talked to you about that. No. And that's when I was like, well, that's very odd and specific that that's the first thing that you, 
And I think maybe I apologize for being messy, but I wasn't like no. feeding you any sort of information about Mm-mm. my vision or anything like that. And like, I'm ready to go. I'm yeah. out. I'm done. Yeah. Right. And now, so the interesting thing was that she, we, we got this sense that she was ready to go simply because the, the one of the first images that I got was of this gorgeous backyard. So beautiful. Such a beautiful backyard. And I was seeing it. So I'm describing it to her as I'm seeing it. I don't always see things. I usually feel things or hear things more. So if I'm seeing it, I can say to her, Steph, like your, your like mind face is trying to take a bite out of this image, this perfect, beautiful image of a backyard. So like own it, drop that into your mind slot and focus on that and really stay focused on that. And once she started kicking into that focus, then all of this other stuff started just like bubbling up out of her body. Um, and then what we did, we ended up moving towards a psychic surgery. Okay, and a psychic surgery is usually done when someone has a cord, um, an energetic cord of attachment, I believe, and I was taught that we form bonds with people, everyone that we meet, you know, and it, and it happens really instantly. Um, people who are way more clairvoyant than I say that they see those cords, you know. I have a fundamental issue with super intense clairvoyance, too, that are like, I see, I see, because whenever they say, I see, I see, I see, I just feel like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't see anything. And I spent the beginning of my psychic career trying to see so hard that I couldn't see, mm. because I'm not a seer first. I'm a feeler. I'm a big, giant, touchy-feely, like, hugger. So once I trusted my gut and was like, I feel first, then as soon as I let go of trying to see, I started seeing things, right? But now I'm very happily identified as someone who feels more than he sees. I didn't see a chord in Steph. I felt like there was a chord in Steph. What's a chord? What's a chord in Steph? Hmm. Yeah. Where do you want to take it? Um, mom? <laughs> right on. So what happens is, is that we form these natural energetic chords of attachment that form the basis of the relationship exchange. And when I'm working with a chord, there's usually an agreement in the chord. It says, like, I will sit in this chair and talk to you into a microphone, and you will listen and answer questions. That's kind of where we're at. We have a lot more in there because we've met a little bit before. You know, I like you, you like me. Basically, we've worked together. I don't ever presume that someone feels something about me that I don't know what they feel, you know? She likes you, I can tell you. I feel really great about you. Yeah, Yeah, I can tell you that. So I'm saying, so it's a it's an exchange, and it's an exchange yeah. and a flow that's established between us that's based on some kind of an agreement. We form those things anyway, and then shit goes down, and we change the agreement. I may want something else that doesn't include the exchange that we previously set up. In Steph's case, you have a chord to someone, right? And you're, the, the voice in that chord or the agreement in that chord says, I will do this for you, you will do this for me. Now you've changed your mind. But you haven't actually taken the steps in real time, three dimensional, you know, physical earth school reality to change the dynamics of the relationship. When you cut a cord out, you don't end the relationship. You end the agreement. You end the old agreement. And it is people people say, you know, you have to cut them daily or, you know, I was taught that if you cut it once, you're good to go. But what it does is it leaves open an option for a new agreement, a new arrangement, a new relationship. And again, to remind you, this idea of an agreement, an arrangement, a relationship, none of that is tangible. None of that is physical. That exists in an emotional and psychological plane, sometimes in a spiritual plane. It's not physical. But does it not exist? No, theoretically it exists somewhere. So when I talk about spirit, I talk about 
going to the part of yourself that's able to clock your physical experience, your emotional experience, and the psychological connections and relationships that you have um, without exclusively identifying with those parts of your experience. For those of us who are not extra-dimensional wellness experts, mm -hmm. just regular Joes like myself, mm -hmm. <laughs> Stephanie. Um, I ain't no regular Joe. I know, no one's a regular Joe. <laughs> Nobody listening is a regular Joe. Everyone's a bright light. Well, how do you suggest we... Is there a practice that we can cut these energetic cords on our own? Before you answer that, yeah. I just want to say to bring it to like a reality that people can put their mind around. Please. So for the relationship that you're discussing here, I'll just say it so that it makes it make sense. Yeah. Uh, he's talking about my mom had been visiting me. Right. And I think with family relationships, we all have these these very deep agreements. Yeah. And we can do our best to change our behavior. But sometimes there's just like an element where like there's no amount of like mind power or physical behavior changing that can actually, like you're saying, end the agreement. Right. So that's just on a tangible totally. in a tangible sense, like that's what it was where like I have been feeling very guilty with my mom all the time, trying to, you know, give her what I feel like she needs instead of just like allowing her to exist. And in since you did that, I've been very much like Maybe I don't need to change her. Maybe she's just perfect the way she is, and I don't need to be like associating my own self and getting it mixed up with herself. Right. And so, so wow. I'm going to answer your question, Elizabeth. That's awesome. It's so yeah. dope because the process of the cord cutting is you make peace with the agreement. You say, I see what's going on here, and I choose to approach it differently. It's no longer based on the other person. You're, you're doing that, and that's what people can do. They can clock the situation to the best of their ability and make the change that they can make themselves. Take, take a change, make a change that you can actually be accountable for. The trippy part about doing it as a spiritual psychic surgery mm -hmm. is that there's so much more mojo happens behind it because when you create the space of removing a cord, you open up the possibility for a 100% new dynamic to be created in its place. So when we cut a cord, you can't make a person deal with their shit. You can only say, you don't get to have my shit. You stop Take making that agreement back. with them subconsciously. Exactly. I tag out of this. I tap out of this. And it stops being subconscious because you're bringing it to consciousness. Yeah. So anyone can actually do that. It's a psychological process. But the cool thing about doing it with a healer or with someone who's cutting a cord is that they're clocking it without having any idea that it's there in the first place. You know, and defining the dynamic and the relationship and the situation, and then also going through a process to release the person and to release the person from your end of the dynamic. That's the end of it. Is um, if you can find forgiveness or gratitude for someone, if you can go to the most loving option, not as like an ideal, not as like a, oh I want to be loving or it's the most loving option, but actually forgiving them and being like I release you from this. It's over. It's fine. It's done. Then then you can do that anyway. The crazy thing about doing it when you're doing a cord cutting is that it takes care of the emotional, psychological, and spiritual parts of it all on your own. And then usually people who cut a cord get an opportunity in the next day or two or week to prove that the cord's cut and that the relationship's changed. And if you just do the same thing all over again, it's usually because you know you're doing it, but you choose to do it anyway. It doesn't necessarily mean that a new cord has popped up. It just means that you 
knew better. So the, the surgeries can ha help you actually, the way that my work happens is I get it, I get the information as your body is realigning and, and as your energy is realigning and being like, we don't need to deal with this anymore. Talk to her about this so she can stop talking about it. Mm -hmm. Like, let this come in, let this go out, you know? And um, it all happens together. It all happens so fast and so dense. Like you'll sit with him, and all of a sudden he's just saying so many things, and you're like, "Ah, oh my god, I, my life is going to change if I remember all of this." But it's happening, and I can't stop you. And how did you <laughs> discover that you were a vessel for this information? I mean, at first it was because I wanted to impress a girlfriend that I had, um, my last girlfriend ever, um, <clears throat> where I wanted to uh, I wanted to learn how to read tarot cards and impress her. She was Wiccan. Um, she was beautiful. Ooh. She had huge boobs. That's hilarious. Um, and she hates Gosh. she hates her tattoos. Oh no, we had a we totally had a like a cemetery photo shoot once where I like took Dark. pictures of her in her tank top and she was just like touching a touching a grave and like the moss. Was the craft coming out in that same oh, year? Oh, Menno, take my scars. <laughs> oh my god. Take my scars. Oh. So yeah, so um so that was kind of how it started. I made a choice before my gift reactivated itself. I made a choice. I had been doing a lot of um, playwriting and directing and, you know, industry kind of work. And everything was going really well. But then I got a bunch of bad reviews for a play. And I had, like, a little moment of crisis. And I got really depressed. I'm super emo. You know, all of that stuff happened. And, and then I knew 2012 was coming. And I read um, Return of Quetzalcoatl by Daniel Pinchbeck. And wanted to wanted to die. Aquarian age. Oh my god! I was just like, this is terrible. I was reading all this other stuff about how the <laughs> Earth was gonna go dark for three days, and like we were in our fourth dimensional transition. Like 2012 freaked me out. <laughs> I was so scared. You got involved. I got so involved. Um, got the water. Yeah. So then I go. I <laughs> Drank was at the 2012 cool My kind of energetic rock bottom was feeling like everything was meaningless and nothing was connected and there was no point to anything. So I stood up to myself, and it was like 2006, 2007, and I go, I want, I choose to live in a universe in which everything is connected and everything has meaning. And it was a big kind of like clarion call that I sent out. And as soon as I did that, I started seeing connections and started finding meaning. You know, so reluctance, skeptics, non-believers, think they're subscribing to something spiritual by attending to the elements of their lives that they can't see or touch or feel tangibly. You know, and I'm trying to say, if you turn your attention towards these elements and you say, I want meaning to come out of this, meaning will come out of this. Is it self-soothing? Is it just to deal with the pain of the world? Maybe. Is that so bad? We have so many, so many toxic and terrible behaviors to help us deal with the state of the world. Why not use something that's actually in our tool belt, our extra dimensional tool belt? We have a little bit of a latent capacity. You turn your eyes towards your clairvoyance and you say, I want my clairvoyant gift to start reflecting stuff back to me. You start seeing repeating numbers. You start seeing pops out of the corner of your eye. You start seeing things cross over, intersect. You know, you start seeing synchronicities. But if you drag your feet and you're like, I don't want to see them, well, you won't see anything. When do you suggest people should come seek some guidance from someone like you? A lot of people come see me when they have a big trauma, when they have an energetic or psychic trauma that you know maybe they've even seen a therapist about. Other people just come in when they're having problems, relationships, issues, struggles, the most big deal questions, the most mundane questions. That's the sort of first phase of, of what I see as this kind of extra dimensional wellness work where you ask questions and find things out in order to understand yourself and your relationships so that you can accumulate more 
self-acceptance, and self-love. But it doesn't just stop there. You accumulate a certain amount of self-acceptance and self-love. And this is where a lot of like, you know, new agey, now agey people are, where it's like, it's all about love and self-love and self-acceptance and that's amazing. <laughs> Wait, hold on, now agey is kind of my new favorite buzzword. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Oh, it's real. It's like the post-post, you know? The post-post. Yeah, it's like, it's like. The new um, new. Exactly. I love it. So where it's the saturation of the lifestyle, where it's about being spiritual. You mm -hmm, know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to using your spiritual tools and gifts to make your life better and like. I love that. And work, right? Yeah. And work on your are shit. Are we now agers? Oh, you guys are such now agers. New social, new media meets, yeah. like, meets ancient wisdom is the word of the day. People come to see me when either they're having a crisis of who am I and what am I supposed to do with myself? Um, and they come to see me for psychic you know, information that reflects that purpose back to them. The other thing that happens is that people come in because they're having psychic awakenings. And that is happening so much. I would say 80% of my clients are having real-time awakenings of psychic gifts. I believe that that stuff happens so that they can have extra tools to do their service, to do what it is that they're here to do. They no longer need psychic information to answer questions. It's now time to reflect how they're doing, where they're going, what they want, what they're trying to get at. Mm. You see what I mean? Yes. Then the final part of it is that once you start having an awareness of your service, an awareness of what it is that you want to give, who you are and how you want to serve, you start refining an awareness of purpose. And this is my favorite part of the work. I see a person's purpose as a way, uh, a means of expression, a nature, a dharma, but it's, it's not a thing. It's not like I'm here to do this. And the way that I talk about a purpose, too, is that it's like a brand. It's like your, your infinite, eternal soul brand, right? <laughs> and it's an inferred gravitational center, which when you cluster around it, when you try to stay aligned with your purpose, shit goes great. Everything goes well. You feel happy. You feel good. You feel wonderful. You're serving, you're healing, you're helping, and then something happens. Oh my God, I'm, I'm off, like I'm off. No, you're not off. I believe that the shit that goes down, when you know who you are, you know what you want, and you're doing your best to get it, everything that happens to you at that point is happening for a reason, which is ultimately to show you what you're capable of and what happens when you don't just like love and like be and move, when you actually work with the shit storm of the day, you know? Yeah. and. And doing that gives you more information about mm. who you are, what you want, and what your purpose is. And it helps you to refine and refine and refine and refine. Reach. <laughs> Damn. We have a segment on this show called Roses and Thorns. It's our high and low. It can be anything. Roses and thorns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the theme song. I love um, it. <laughs> so basically, it's just... Uh, your personal high or cultural high, personal low and cultural low, or either or for the week or the day or the moment. Yes. Really just get into your compass, into the now, and figure out what you're feeling right now about your highs and your lows. This is just a general, uh, trying to find the words. So this weekend, um, a friend passed away, and I knew him, but people who were very close to me were very close to him, and... It was shocking and very sad. He was climbing Mount Everest in Nepal, and as a result of the earthquake, there was an avalanche, and he passed. And um, it's deeply sad, but I will say that the beauty of humanity is really shown through within uh, 
people in the tribe in which I call my friends in the community and it's been a, the outpouring of love and honoring of his life has been something so fantastic to witness and inspiring to witness that is just on a personal level really allowed me to to move within and and realize that ability we have all of us have to impact the people around us and I think I just want to use this what little voice I have through this podcast to just share the lesson that I've learned from this experience and that is to honor the people whom we love when they're alive when they're with us really this is a testament to just really honoring those that we have in our life there were so many people who were affected by the earthquake to realize the impact that just one person has on so many people we all have an ability to change and impact the people whom we're blessed to be in our lives. It's a rose, it's a thorn, it's a, it's all of the things, it's a reminder. Well, and speaking of individuals who can change the world, I'm going to say my rose is Bruce Jenner. Uh, so there you guys, I said it, I put it out there. Individuals can make a difference. But also then last night I was thinking maybe we're all just trans. Maybe mm. like maybe like there are no boundaries of gender and sex the way we think there are and like he just has that calling because we all have male and female in us and he's just like leaning into that voice more because he was like so extreme on the other side for so long. And the children are teaching us this these yeah. days. Like so many young kids and adolescent kids and even kids now pushing into their late teens and 20s are emphatically identifying as gender fluid and and like yes trans crossing but like they they even reject they the don't idea even need of a that label. kind of definition. Yeah. They're like, today's Tuesday, so I'm identifying as such. Yeah. You know? Very Degrassi next generation. Yeah. <laughs> I um, hope Drake's next album is called Trans. <laughs> <laughs> One can only hope. Um, I want to say just really quick, too, that you, what you said was so beautiful and that you are wonderfully acknowledging the life of someone, um, but also I feel like really acknowledging the importance of loss. You wouldn't see you didn't see the roses as clearly or the thorns as clearly until until you lost your friend, you know. And but it's very easy to lose something and not make peace with it. Um, so for me, this week, um, right before I came to LA, I went to Detroit. Um, my roses are the shit that's going down in Detroit right now. Yes. It, it was so wild. And um, the the thorn. I'm going to talk about Detroit again in a sec. But the thorn for me right now, it's a little piece of grit in my panties, <laughs> is. The idea of accountability and people taking responsibility for their choices, for their actions, for their decisions, that the, the, I strive to do this all the time. If I did something, I want to own it and, and either clean up my mess or like share the wealth. I've been seeing that a lot and I saw it in Detroit too. It's like everyone's pointing fingers, being like, that building fell over because of you. Like this stuff's not working because of them. Like so much uh, pointing around. And in the middle of it, I, I got to see my cousin who has this um, music, a record label there, is making this crazy, beautiful music. What's the name of the record label? Um, it's called Make Science Sexy cool. is the record label. <laughs> and he and I are going to make a movie in Detroit for no money ab about the like lead girl um, in his stable of artists. And it's super cool because, you know, we were scouting locations and looking at all this stuff. And it would be so easy to go into like, despite the fact that the city's falling apart, these kids are still making it. We're just like, no, they're musicians, they're artists, they're making stuff, this is beautiful. And it totally inspired me to want to make all of my friends and, and to do stuff like we're doing today. To be able to say like, I love you, you love me, let's do stuff on each other's stuff, <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, that synergy was really like the synergy and like not even hope, the actual moxie and like productivity of these cats in Detroit, you know, even while everyone around them is just pointing fingers at each other about the problems, they're just making beautiful music. I love the word moxie. Word of the day. You got moxie. Fart East splits. Coast kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. So excited to have you. Where can we find you? A website? Um, yeah. Uh, my website's ediblespirit.com. That's Beautiful. That's the universe. Yummy. Do we... Um, yeah, I'm on Instagram. Edible Spirit. Beautiful. Yeah. Steph. Um, at Steph Sambari. I don't, is that, is that what you're sure. asking me? And then you can find us on thatsoretrograde.com where we'll have all the content we mentioned here today and uh, at So Retrograde on your various social media handles. I'm Elizabeth Cott. I'm Stephanie Sambari. And this is Michael Domit. Dimitrovich. She'll get it. I'll get it. Do it again. <laughs> Michael Dimitrovich, thank you so much for being here. White people can learn. Yay. Rose. Thank you. I know a bar out in Mars where they driving spaceships instead of cars. Cop a Prada space suit about the stars. Getting stupid high straight about the jaws. Pockets on Shrek, rockets on deck. Tell me what's next, alien sex. I'ma disrobe you, then I'ma probe you. See, I'm abducted you, so I tell you what.